Are you profitable in selling on Amazon? Today, that's the question on our pathway to profitability. My name is Stephen Pope, and I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. This is the My Amazon Guy podcast. So thanks for joining me today. I'm going to be having uh, some discussion on this topic. And uh, really, the ultimate question on can you find profitability selling on Amazon is yes. But how you get there can sometimes be a difficult conversation. Um, ultimately, after really sinking my teeth into this question the last 24 hours, I, I ultimately came across the idea that raising your prices is probably the quick and dirty, easy solution to any profitability question when selling on Amazon. So if you are not profitable today selling on Amazon, there's an 80% chance that you need to raise your prices. Um, so you probably don't even need to listen to the rest of this podcast. Funny I say that, I know. If, if you haven't raised your prices yet and you're not profitable, I, I almost guarantee that that is going to be the solution to your problem. Now, if you raise prices and you're still not profitable, then clearly your business model is at question and you probably should switch things up regardless so today I'll be kind of going through some subjects and ideas on what you can do. Uh, the first thing I would do if I was you as an Amazon seller and concerned about profitability is I would go download your payment report on Amazon. And I want you to look at the Excel file specifically for your payment report by transaction detail. That's a pretty, uh, pretty messy job, uh, but it's simple to do. And messy in the sense that it could be scary, maybe, uh, especially if you're not an accountant and you're not comfortable with numbers and Excel sheets. But, but if you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner, you need to be. So the reason why I think you should start this research at that payment transaction level is because you're looking for anything that is out of the ordinary. So for starters, is your KPI index or IPI score for your logistics below 400. If it is, is Amazon charging you extra for storage? Because that could be harming your profitability. And that's the fastest way you're going to find out if, if you're being charged erroneous things or things you didn't expect from Amazon is by checking your payment reports. And I would check a full quarter of your reports just to make sure you understand everything that Amazon's doing to nickel and dime you. Um, whenever I take a, uh, an onboarding consultation call, I usually tell my, my prospective clients that Amazon's going to be a 33% partner. And for a couple of my clients, uh, as we've taken the wool off the sheep, so to speak, we've, we've really come to discover that Amazon has be crept up and become much more than a 33% partner for some of, uh, for some of those clients. Um, and, and so we've been trying to wrap our head around why that is the case. It wasn't because we were spending too much on ads, Almost every time I, I look at ads, I usually say, man, we should be spending more on ads and traffic. I'm a marketer. I'm biased on this question. Uh, but uh, typically speaking, most brands underspend on traffic generation. So it's generally not ads where you need to make the cut. And if you do cut on marketing initiatives, you're going to cause a death spiral. Um, and, I, and I think of the U.S. Postal Service as one of the greatest death spirals occurring today where all they can do is raise the price of postage, 
uh, and go into debt, and uh, they, they really don't have a good solvent model. They're in a death spiral right now. So to prevent the death spiral on Amazon, do not cut down on traffic initiatives. That will cut your top line, and things will get worse, not better. But there are some operation things that you do need to do and do need to consider. Uh, and raising prices is probably, again, 80% chance you just need to raise your prices. If you're selling an item that's two pounds and uh, you know bulky or consumable, uh, chances are you're paying at least five fifty an item to ship it, and that is going to eat your profits if you're selling under twenty dollars. So if that sounds familiar to you, you probably need to raise your prices above twenty dollars immediately. And even if your competition is under twenty dollars. That doesn't matter. Ignore the competition. If you're not profitable, ignore the competition. You got to do your own thing. Now, if you raise your prices, can you risk reducing your sales? Absolutely. Chances are, though, you're going to retain a pretty similar velocity. How much should you raise your prices? Usually less than 10% at a time. And that's because you could lose your own buy box if you raise more than 10%. Amazon may even accuse you of price gouging, which is, of course, ridiculous right now, especially if you're not selling an essential good. You're not selling toilet paper or whatever. Uh, if you raise your prices more than 10%, though, you could still be accused by Amazon for price gouging. I think that's ridiculous, and I think capitalism can fix this quicker than a uh, controlled market, that's for sure. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I would be careful on how quickly you raise your prices, and 10% is generally right around the mark I would recommend it until you find uh, your plateau of profitability that you are seeking. Um, all right, so enough on the raise prices thought. Uh, the, the, one of the initial questions you may want to ask yourself is, do you have the right business model? So if raising prices doesn't solve your problem, the next question I would ask is, do you have the right business model? So most of you listening are probably going to be private labelers. And those are people who are representing their own items. They might be the duplicate item of somebody else, but they have their own white label brand name. And that's fine. Uh, other people who are listening to this are wholesalers and they just sell to retailers. Um, some out there might be retailers that buy from wholesalers, and they're not private labelers, but they're just one of many uh, different sellers, and that's fine too. And finally, retail arbitrage. So those are the people who are buying, uh, sometimes in bulk, but goods at discounts, and they just resell them wherever they can find them. It's kind of like playing the stock market, just with stock and goods. So those models from top to bottom, private labeling is going to be the healthiest margin. It takes the most risk, best margin uh, available though. Wholesale uh, is the easiest probably to execute if you have a buyer to sell to some retailers because they take care of all the problems for you. Uh, it's the difference between running a Kroger where it's clean up on aisle nine all the time or uh, running a Costco where you're, you're, you're doing bulk and, and shipping out pallets. It is very difficult for sellers um, or businesses to migrate from a wholesale model to a retail model. However, uh, it's doable. It just requires a big mentality shift. You, your, your profit margins are different. The amount of work you put in to go to retail is greater, um, but it absolutely can dwarf wholesale if given the opportunity over time. Uh, but they're definitely very foreign worlds from each other and do not compare them. Uh, it's not fair to compare those two worlds. But I have worked in many organizations where going from wholesale to retail was a difficult at best uh, action plan. 
and uh, resistance will occur in your organization to make those necessary changes. The way you do business in wholesale is just so drastically different. Um, how, how, how your goods are shipped, um, how fast you ship, and how you interact with thousands of customers instead of one or two customers uh, when you're shipping in bulk. Uh, f- finally, uh, being a retailer buying from wholesaler, I think that's a lot of risk to do that. Same with retail arbitrage. And that's because at any point in time, other retailers could buy the same product from your wholesaler and your business plan can erupt very quickly. So uh, if you're struggling in this area, then chances are you need to migrate over to private label. And that's an easy migration to do if you're a retailer already and you just need to manufacture your own goods. So that's that's my thoughts on business model. I'm going to na- next talk about SWOT analysis. Uh, and SWOT, if you're not familiar, is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And there are many ways you could go about doing this. It's basically a two-by-two two card. You go through the list and figure out what are your strengths for your business. So um, I did a podcast recently about uh, how there are three areas of your business, finance, marketing, and operations. And I believe and will defend to the death that you need to be excellent in one of those three areas. You don't need to be excellent in all three. If you are great, you're going to be successful. But if you but you have to be successful in at least one of those areas. So for me at my Amazon guy, our excellence area is finance. And the way we built our business model allows for cash flow to be positive. Um, and and we've, we've created a good business model that deals with finance. Uh, for Amazon sellers, typically uh, operations or marketing are generally the areas that most businesses will be um, more excellent in. Um, From my experience, operations is probably the most common. And that is because um, operations has changed the least between those three areas in the last 50 years, in my opinion, Um, beyond the fact that we're shipping cheap product fast to everybody across the country. That's obviously a big change because of Amazon specifically. But uh, operations and how to run a business, I think there are, there's probably a hundred operation excellent companies for every one marketing and for every one finance, in my opinion. I, you know, it's a made up ratio, obviously, but, but uh, uh, I feel like marketing has changed the most and finance has changed some as well. And uh, finance, like take the PPP loans and all these things that are changing by the minute. Um, it's hard to keep up with finance. And uh, I guess you could say the same about supply chain management and operations right now. But nonetheless, it's still shipping and running your company is generally the same as it was 10 years ago, even if there is a temporary black swan getting in your way to operate your business. Um, Marketing is changing the quickest, so it's really hard to do that. That's generally why we're in business at my Amazon guy as an agency. Uh, People say, hey, Stephen, I need help with generating traffic. My sales aren't where they want to be. Most common question we get. And so we come in and help build out traffic generation. We're excellent in class at generating traffic for other businesses. Um, we're trying to get better at helping our, our, our clients become profitable. And there are experts out there who can help analyze that. One of our partners is Tyler Jeffcoat over at Seller Accountant. We did a podcast with him last Friday and uh, talked about PPP loans and a lot of the finance news that's going on right now. So 
you should hire my Amazon guy for your marketing needs, keep doing operations yourself, and hire a seller accountant to do your finance. And if you do, if you figure out how to make that work, uh, that's a pretty big win. All right, so back to the SWOT analysis. So, you know, what are your, what are your strengths? And I, you know, I'm going to guess most people listening to this operations is probably going to be where you're going to be strongest, most likely. Um, that's not going to be true for everybody, obviously. But if you're listening to this, it's because usually you need an agency to help you with marketing, and that's where we come in. Um, and this is obviously very much a finance topic today as we deal with how to become profitable. What is our pathway to profitability on Amazon? So if you're doing the SWOT analysis, figure out what you're strongest in. Then uh, take that to the next level, figure out what you're weak in. Are you weak in finance? Are you weak in uh, marketing? Um, and be more granular than my generic terminology here, of course. What, what makes your operations stronger weak? What makes your marketing stronger weak? What makes your finance strong and weak? Is it because you don't have um, 10 years of experience in those areas? Is it because uh, you have profitability issues on your operations or finance? What, what is it that's making those areas strong or weak? Then finally, third, uh, third quad here going into opportunities. What could you do today that if you had 15 hours to focus on over the next two days that you could drive home excellently and be a giant opportunity for your business? Get those things listed down and clear your schedules, clear your meetings that generally don't help your business grow anyway, and sit down and think about it. You know, with COVID-19 right now, you're not commuting as much. Most likely you're working remote, got an extra couple hours in your day. Put that towards your opportunities and, and execute and make changes and take action. That is the most important thing that you do um, as a business right now, while everybody is pausing their efforts and cutting back expenses and operations, if you're the guy that doubles down right now and you exploit the opportunities of the situation, you're going to come out ahead and you're going to be ahead of everybody um, because you took advantage of those opportunities. So definitely that's where I would say and hang my hat. You need to think the most about is opportunities. Now, threats. Uh, I think this is probably the area I'd spend the least amount of time thinking about, and that's because I like to ignore my competition, and uh, I like to use uh, um, the strategy that your actions dictate the strategy, <laughs> right? So don't come up with your strategy and then go act on it. I think your actions dictate your strategy better, and and Gary V is you know the guy I'm stealing that from. I'm sure he stole it from someone else. But he's really good at it. And, and so we, we value speed at our organization. We're always constantly changing. Amazon news is hard to keep up with. Amazon platforms constantly changing. So Amazon changing is a threat. Other, other agencies are a threat to us. You as a seller, your competition obviously could be a threat. Somebody can undercut you on price. But if you win on price, you're going to lose on price at some point. Uh, that's why I think you're better off going for a premium brand. Raise your prices. Um, other threats, China. China is a threat on so many levels I can't count. And I'm not just talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about uh, they're going direct to consumer on Amazon. And so um, I think that manufacturing in China right now is uh, a necessary evil, but is changing. And I think you should look at getting manufacturing somewhere else and, and uh, go stateside so your supply chain's not interrupted. Uh, increase your prices to accommodate an American-made brand but you'll be thankful you did it before everybody else, before that gold rush 
um, opportunity of bringing manufacturing to the states occurs. So that is my recommendation on what you should do. Um, and again, raise your prices. That's probably the core aspect of what you need to do today. If you're worried about your pathway to profitability, hope you enjoyed our podcast today. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of My Amazon Guy. And this was the My Amazon Guy podcast.